Seven to shoot. They swing it to Smith. Right wing. Takes a three. Got it. No drama tonight. Max Smith, first shot. Buries the three. Welcome to this week's edition of EIU Panthers Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. Episode 21 of our series features a record-breaking player from Eastern Illinois men's basketball as we visit with senior guard Max Smith. Over this past weekend, Smith knocked down a three-pointer for the 88th consecutive game as he moved into a tie for the NCAA Division I record with former Illinois standout Corey Bradford. Smith made the shot to move into the record books in the opening minutes of EIU's home win over Western Illinois on December 12th. He will try to stand alone in the NCAA record books and extend that streak when EIU opens Ohio Valley Conference play on Monday, December 21st at SIUE. Want to hear more EIU Panthers podcasts? Then be sure to like and follow us wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcasts. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio podcasts. EIU Panthers podcasts are sponsored by Consolidated Communications, to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business, then be sure to visit Consolidated.com. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of EIU Athletics. In athletics news this week, EIU basketball will open Ohio Valley Conference plays. The women will play SIUE on Friday. The men will open at SIUE on Monday. Also, the EIU football team announced its 2020 signing class earlier this week. For the latest news on Eastern Illinois Athletics, be sure to visit EIUPanthers.com on the web. Also follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's EIU Panthers podcast with current EIU basketball senior guard, Max Smith. Welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're joined today by a special guest, a, a record-breaking guest, we should say, Mac Smith from the EIU men's basketball team. Thanks for joining us, Mac. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Well, one of the reasons we're going to talk to Mac, and I, I forewarned him last week when he was approaching this record that he was going to have some media things to do, and I don't know if he knew exactly what I was, what I was talking about here, but um, for those that don't know Mac, tied an NCAA record for consecutive games with a three-pointer made at 88. So, Mac, I guess, take me through the emotions there uh, uh, of hitting that shot. I know it was was the second shot you, you shot against Western Illinois the other day. Was that, I guess, on the first one, did you feel that one was going in? And and then when the second one went in, what was your thoughts on that? Um, when I shot the first one, I uh, kind of knew it was, I shot it a little too hard and a little flat. And then I was just like, okay, here it come. And then the second one, I just seen a little bit of space to where I can get it off. And then shot over the defender. And once it went in, I was just like, yes, I tied it. But it still, it still have yet to be done. You know, I'm not satisfied with being tied. I'm not satisfied with losing. Sometimes I'm not even satisfied with winning. It just depends how I go about winning. You know. So. Now I know you. you- so right now, regardless of what happens in the, in the next game, and for the Panthers, that'll be on a week from Monday or on Monday, December twenty first at SIU Edwardsville. Right now, your name is tied with with Corey Bradford, and I don't. Corey was probably done playing about the time you were born. So I, I mean, is this is this? Were you are you even familiar with who he is, or is that a name you kind of had to look up there as you were chasing the record? Um, I didn't know anything. Of, I actually didn't know anything about the record at all until. My former teammate, Cameron Burrell, who we just played against at Western Illinois, told me, and I kind of, like, just, like, looked it up, and I seen his name, and then as I had interviews, his name just keep coming up and things like that, and then I seen, like, 
um, him hitting a three on one in one of my interviews, had him doing a little flashback. And it's just something I had to like look up on and just read about him a little bit. But it's definitely an honor to um, follow in his footsteps. Now, good for this area and the fact that he played at Illinois, so just up the road. So there's been a little extra special attention, I think. Not, not that it's not an important record, but I think maybe in this area, maybe gets a little bit more recognition because he played, you know, just 45 minutes up the road. Whereas if he would have played at, I don't know, we'll say like an Arizona state or somewhere out West, maybe not as much uh, recognition or local media attention, you think? Um, with, with this, um, honestly, I don't know. I feel like with, um, with great hard work always come with great success. You know, he, I'm pretty sure he worked hard for it. So he, he got the, um, the spotlight on them with any record it 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 is shined upon no matter what even if someone's talking about it everyone's talking about it or either you just know you should always be happy on what you accomplish for yourself because you know you put the work in now a little sad in the fact that we're, we're doing this during COVID I know you're happy to be playing basketball but you you break a record during a time where there, there's no fans in the building and I know for you that's got to be a little bit of heartache I know how much how big of a fan your mom and your grandma and your, your brothers and sisters are. And for them not to be there to be on person in person to watch you do that. What was that like? Um, it was kind of, it was kind of sad. You know, I wish I could hear them cheer, you know, when they stopped the game and then, you know, they congratulated me, my mama and them. They was actually at home here in, uh, in Charleston at my house watching the game. So once after the game, when I went home, it was just like a brick celebration, a big celebration in between us three. And, you know, it, it feels good, but then again, it feels bad. You know, I, I, every every day after a game, my family calls me, congratulate me on win or loss, made three or missed three. It doesn't matter. They just know I'm here and I'm, I'm living my dream as I wanted to as a little kid. It just so happened that this record is a part of my testimony. Now, they haven't had to call you very often for missing a three. In fact, I, if, I, if I look at 88 straight games is what the record is that you've tied right now. The, the game before that, you missed it. And I'm going to take you back as we talk today to, to when you hit that first one. You may not even remember that. You may have to have to look that up. And it, it's interesting that in when that happened, you had actually come off an injury. I, I don't know if people remember back to your freshman year, you had dislocated your shoulder and were out for a few weeks. And you shot that entire freshman season with a sling on your on your arm. Yeah. Uh, I had first, um, it probably started, my shoulder started, I started having shoulder issues when I was in high school. My junior year, it popped out. My senior year, I played okay, no pop-outs, probably like once or twice, but none, none during the season. And then as the um, preseason started, my freshman year here at EIU, that's when things really got scary for me. And I missed six games because of my shoulder. And then after that, when I got better, I played with a brace. And then the brace was kind of taking my form it was switching my form a little bit. I was shooting kind of flat. So I told um, our trainer, Mike, that I don't want to wear the brace no more, just wrap it up. And they gave me a little bit more ability and more, you know, um, motion for my arm to get my shoulder up and get um, hard arc on my shot. Well, I would say that sling couldn't have been all bad that year. You ended up making all newcomer team for the OVC. You set the school scoring record for freshman points in a game. So there had to be something to that in, in the fact that you you were getting some shots to go down. Yeah, um, I just stayed in the gym, you know. I just couldn't let that um, knock me down a couple steps for all the whole work I did in the past. 
you know, every day I get in the gym by myself or when I go to practice or I'm working out with teammates, it's just add on, it just builds to my game, you know. I'm I'm working on my strengths. I'm most definitely working on my weaknesses. It's just, I'm just happy that I can see myself getting better each and every day and say, ah, dang, I got better today. That's always a good accomplishment for anybody, whether it's athletes or just anybody in general or just life period, you know. Now, when you talk about streaks, sometimes it, they, they don't happen just overnight. They, they're, they're long periods of time for these things to happen. And I'll tell you, I actually am the one that, that, that kind of found how your streak was. And it, it wasn't a great way in which I found it. We were, we were on our road trip to Jacksonville State and Tennessee Tech. And I don't remember which one we were at. And we hadn't played really well that night. And I was looking for a, you know, a positive note. And I looked up that you know Mac had made, and I think at the time, maybe – you know, 25, 30 straight games in a row. And so I emailed the Kyle Schwartz at the league office and I said, you know, hey, where is this at in terms of it? Is Mac the one leading leading the league or, you know, in your top two or three? And he said, yeah, you're, you were leading the league. And so from there is when we started doing the research. So the, us finding the streak came out of us having a bad performance the night before. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, like I said, I didn't know anything about it until – um, like we have home games and we have like um, each player has their own little like pamphlet that people they pass out. I was on that and they had everybody, you know, opposite team, opposing team, stats and rosters and stuff. And then they had like a little a short bio for me and it said the record. And I didn't know until, like I said, my former teammate, um, Kevin Burrell told me, he's like, you know, you got a record in the NCAA. And I was just like, no, what record? And he was like, most consecutive games with a three. I was like, huh? You know, I, I actually had to do a little bit of research, but, you know, without him, you know, without my teammates from all four years since I've been here, you know, bigs to guards, just everybody cheering me on, coaches, I wouldn't be able to do it without them. Now, it's funny on how you talk about that streak, and I know that that Coach Spoonhour, we, he and I talked about this last year, and luckily these don't count or else the streak will be over. And one of the exhibition games last year that Eastern played, which would have been your junior year, you were actually 0 for three point range in the exhibition. And I remember Jay coming into my office afterwards. He's like, Hey, he's like, Mac thinks the streak's over. Don't let him know that it, that it's still going on and, and stuff like that. So did, were you aware of that? Or did you kind of, did you know the exhibition games didn't count or, and you were starting um, a new streak or, or, or was that kind of news to you? <laughs> um, it was news to me, actually. No, I that's what that's what I do. I shoot the ball, you know, even though I'm more than just a shooter, I can do everything else on the court. It's just, you know, when people think of me, they think of me a shooter, you know, and I had the streak. And then sometimes I do just feel like uh, like my my personal goal is just to make one a game. Maybe I go into the game. Oh, I want to make two this game. I want to make three this game. So probably that particular day I wanted to say I want to make one. But I go into every single game, whether it's a scrimmage or just the uh, scrimmage in, um, within the team going up and down, I treat it like it's a real game. Now for you, like you talked about, more than just a shooter, but also kind of a, a key component of this team and the fact that you guys have become a, a pretty diverse offensive team where you got a couple guys that can shoot, a couple guys that can score from a different way. Have you seen like maybe your role in this team evolve from your what was your freshman year to what is now your role as a senior? Um, my freshman year? I had the ball in my hands a little more, you know, coming off the little ball screens and stuff because we had most of our guards down with due to injury and some due to um, grades and other things. And I just know I was talking to my um, my uh, former teammate 
former teammates, Musa Dama, uh, Ray Crossland, and um, Montel Goodwin, known as Silk. Um, they was just telling me, little bro, just just stay ready. You know, your time is coming. You know, we need you. Don't don't worry about nothing else. Don't worry about the outside. Just focus on, you know, playing your game, having fun. And that's just what I did. You know, coach, um, coach allowed me to, you know, play outside my comfort zone just a little bit. And it kind of worked out for us. Now, one of the other things that Coach Spoonhour talks about, and he talks about in this for the development of your game, is that you kind of came in, you were a little bit of a scorer in high school, maybe under-recruited a little bit, and that may have been partly due to some of the injury that you talked about in our earlier part of our conversation, and maybe some schools shied away from the possibility of some some injury with the, the shoulder. But he said one of the reasons, and you know this for a fact, that in Coach Spoonhour's thing, if you don't play defense, you don't get to be out there for offense. He said that's one of the areas where he thinks – in addition to your shooting, your game has really improved. Would you kind of agree with that? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, even in high school, they didn't want to put me on the, you know, best the best player on the opposite team. And, like, sometimes I agree with that. Sometimes I didn't. But I always just wanted to do what's best for the team. You know, when you're on open gym and you see someone who can really – is a good offensive player, and I'm a good offensive player, you want to guard each other. That's just how we kind of grew – that's how I grew up. You know, you don't shy away from the spotlight. You go to it. And when I came here in the summer, my freshman summer, everybody was just beating me off the dribble. You know, I couldn't stay in front of nobody. And I just took that time, you know, when I after the summer, when I went back home, yeah, it's open gym, but I just can't let nobody score me. That was my mentality that whole summer. And then from then on, we lost Ray Crossman, who was a lockdown defender on the team, guard anybody, point guard that's – four seven to the big that seven foot didn't matter what size what lane he was guarding him and he was doing a great job so I just looked at him I talked to him on how he played defense and how he anticipate things and moves and he gave me some tips and I just took that to my sophomore year because I knew once we lost him that I would have to be the one to step up and play defense and really go out there best player and it was my job to make sure not to only try and shut the best player down but maintain him and make sure that I give him the hardest night of his life. Now, part of your story, and, I, and we'll, we're going to talk about this, I know you've done it on some TV interviews and in, in some some print interviews as well, is kind of you grew up in a, in a rough part of, of Indianapolis. You've mentioned that, that sometimes even when you go back home, like you don't always feel, feel the safest when you go back home. And I, I think I asked you during COVID if you were able to get up some shots and you said, you know, some of the places didn't have a hoop that, that were safe for you to go. Tell a little bit. I know you had a, had a high school friend that that tragically lost his life. I guess tell a little bit about, you know, that story and how that's kind of motivated you and maybe driven you a little bit in this streak. Um, it's motivated me a lot, yeah. and it wasn't just you know, Dijon. It was multiple people I lost my senior year. You know, doing the accident, the shooting with um, Dijon, I lost a um, close friend named Angel. You know, and then later on, people don't even know this, but um later on in the school year my freshman year I lost one of my close friends that I've been knowing from sixth grade who's also like my brother his name was Chris Chris Howard I lost him also and people didn't know people didn't know that it was after the season though you know I found out during taking the final you know after the final I looked at my phone and I got the text and it was just you know sad but those people you know it, it just it drives me because they all had a dream at some point. I'm pretty sure, you know, Angel, he wanted to play soccer. You know, Chris uh, Chris wanted to do good in music. And my um, brother, Dijon, 
they, he went. He had a full ride for um, football at um, Southern Illinois, and we all talked about you know what we was gonna do in the future, how we was gonna make it out and help our families and friends. And it's just sad that they they couldn't fulfill their dreams. So now they live through me, and all this and all my success comes come come from them. You know, I wouldn't be able to do it without their testimony. I wouldn't be able to do it without my own. And I'm just I'm blessed that I can that they can live through me and I can keep their name alive forever. Now, I know one of the things you do when you, when you have, when you shoot free throws is you make a little symbol after you, after you make or miss one, is that kind of a salute to those guys up in heaven, looking down on you while you're playing ball? Um, yes. I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he wants to be like Curry. He wants to be like um, Kevin Durant. No, I actually been doing that since my seventh grade. Once I started taking basketball series, a lot of people don't know, um, in middle school, I lost my granny, that I, my biological granny. I didn't know for for I didn't get to see for a, a long time because I I um, a lot of people don't know again. I'm actually adopted. Oh, I didn't um, know that, Mac. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that's why I'm like I really want to make a um, documentary on my life because I was talking to my mom and my life is like really like a movie. You know, a lot of people just think about all the good things in basketball and basketball is really my outlet for me. So that's why I play so hard. That's why I go so hard for all the people that, you know, that I lost, the people that supported me, the people even who doubted me, you know, but I lost, you know, I lost my granny. Um, I'm the seventh child. I'm the seventh child out of 12 that's blood related. Um, I don't, I never knew my father until eighth grade. And then once they told me who my real father was, I found out that he was dead and that I, and when he died when I was like around two or three. So I never got to see him, you know, it was just, it's just a lot that goes within my life and the reason why I play so hard and the reason why I just keep going and I can't give up. Now, the other thing that, that you do do to pay tribute to, to friends and family is you have some markings on your shoes. What are, what do all, all those symbolize? Um, um the double l stands for um long live you know you just their 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 name will never die out you know long live they will live forever and always from now till there's no more universe in the world their name will always be alive and then i just have um a i have a d3 is um design he wore the number three um big c that's for chris he that was his rap name and um I had I also had a friend who passed away earlier um, this year before the games even started. It was during preseason. His name was Duba. You know, I was I was close to him in um, fifth grade, and he passed away. And then I also have um 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 RFL, which is like me and my friends. It's like a it's like a group we call. You know, it's it's like a family. You know, we we originated that when I was a freshman in high school, but they are all older than me. You know, it just stands for real for life. You know, once we, we just, we, we like a brother, we're family. We just keep it real with each other, no matter what. If we have problems, we talk it out. But mostly it's just, we all have fun. We crack jokes, play the game together. It's just that type of nature. We're all trying to better ourselves in, in life. You know, right now we're trying to get a clothing line started. You know, so it can just be, it's more than just all a quick screen so we could try to get rich. It's more than just that. We all have our testimony. We all have, um, you know, been had problems in our life that we all hold, but we only us know about that, and we just help each other throughout that. 
Now, the other thing that, I, that I've noticed, and I'm going to call you out on this a little bit, is baseball players, when they're in streaks, and I think basketball players as well, they, they have some superstitions. I know last year, you got to have some superstitions, whether you want to admit it or not. And I, I would say a lucky pair of shoes. I remember last year, and I, I know I talked to you about this, is you had one pair of shoes, and I think they were red that you would wear. And if a shot didn't go down, then you at halftime, you usually were switching bed to those. Is that is that still the case this year, or do you think it's, or you gotten away from that a little bit? Uh, no, that actually wasn't my superstitions. Um, actually, K started the trend for this team. He came in one day with some bright highlighter shoes, <laughs> and everybody was like, "Oh." So then Joe had went to go buy some some pink shoes, and I was like, "Okay." Man, I just went to go buy some. I went to go buy some blue shoes that nobody had on the team. And then I went to go buy some um, peach, like kind of pinkish shoes nobody had on the team. Um, and everybody was just like, oh, we just what we're doing now. Just like our little team, little <laughs> training thing. And so, but um, that wasn't my superstition. I just, I wanted to be different, you know. And I like, since this, our four years here, and I'm grateful for it, you know, for a uh, ride, I haven't wore no team shoes. I always wore my own shoes. But my superstition is, I listen to the same songs. Probably I have a, a order, in exact order that I listen to the same song every every uh, game day. Um, I'll kind of warm up the same a little bit, and that's that. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. It's just like the music and the way I warm up. Now, if we've gone through this year, you, you've gone out there and in Evansville the other day it was the first time this season in seven games that Eastern's played in in front of fans. You guys kind of knew that that was going to be the case this year, but until you get out there for the very first time and, you know, opening the year at, at Wisconsin, a, a place you played last year that had 18,000 fans, you know, screaming and yelling, and you go in there and it's, it's a big, open, empty gym. I, explain what, what that feels like as a player. And then for a guy that, that's a shooter on a streak, you know, does that have any impact on, on you and, and how you maybe felt you've performed this year? Um, kind of, it, it affected me a little bit because I'm used to big crowds, even in high school, you know, big crowds. Indiana is, is a great basketball state, you know, and then especially when you have some rival games, it was just unbelievable. So with being with big crowds and then coming here, playing three years in front of big crowds, you know, going to Texas Tech, Iowa State, Texas, you know, Wisconsin, the first time we played them, just big crowds and, you know, sold out games. And it was just amazing. And then, you know, sometimes you get the, um, you get the, um, the home team, you know, they're, they're trying to distract you while you're shooting free throws and things of that nature. It's just, it's real, real different when you walk into, all you do is hear music. You don't hear no talking, but the coaches and players and the trainers and stuff you hear, you just hear the talking. You don't hear no fans. You don't hear no, you know, you just don't, it's just quiet. All you hear is balls and shoes. It's, it's just weird. So you just, but at the end of the day, you know, you're still going out there to compete. You're still going out there to play the best you can. It's just, it's amazing. You know, every day you still go out there and just have fun with the game that you love. So. Now for somebody that an average fan that, that's listening to this or watching it, how comparable, like you just said, you're still going out there to compete. You're still playing against a different team. How comparable would it be to, you know, five guys or 10 guys playing, you know, pick up at the park? Is it, is it still, is it, is that a similar analogy or are they, they really, 
not even close to each other, even with no fans in the building? Uh, sometimes, no. You still kind of can't compare because, like I said, Indiana is a great basketball state. There's been gyms where it's fully packed for an open gym. And if your team lose, you might as well go home because it's <laughs> going to be a while before you get back on the court. And so like that, you know, you still have everybody dribbling. You still have everybody talking. You have arguing. You almost have fights break out. It's just it's just unbelievable because everybody just they wants to win. Everybody just so passionate about playing basketball and just being loud and hype, making highlights, you know, being laughed at, getting crossed or bunked on. It's just it's amazing. And then going from even that till you can't really sit next to nobody, somebody or touch somebody or just handshake or just anything. People walking in with masks on their face. You can't tell who is who. It's just, it's just weird. It feel like it actually feel like a movie. Like it's just surreal. Like it's just, it's just like a big dream that hopefully will one day we'll just wake up and just everything just go back to normal. Now during the streak, and uh, Mike Brad, who does, who's our announcer for the games, he and I have talked about the streak many times, and we try not to ever talk about it in front of you, Matt, because we don't want to jinx you. Now that, now that you tied it, we can we can talk a little bit about it. But twenty times in the eighty-eight games, you've only hit one. It, one one three pointer in a game, so that means you you were you know just a stroke away from not completing it. We he and I have talked about what we think were the the toughest games for you, or the games where we thought the streak might end. Before I tell you the ones we came up with, I'm I'm curious in your head is there a game or two that stand out to you that you know that's where the streak almost maybe ended. Um. Uh. I want to say last year when we played Western Illinois, I got it kind of like around the eight-minute mark in the second half. Um, last year again, Jacksonville State in the conference tourney. I almost lost it. Both Wisconsin games last year and this year. Uh, I want to say that was them the main, the four that I can really, you know, come off my head that was really tough. We had both Wisconsin games. He he had that one. He had that one even circled this year going into the season. He thought that might be one of the tougher ones this year, knowing that just the way they play, they kind of lock down the guards. They don't want you to shoot threes, and we knew that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. The one that comes to mind for me and is the one you hit at Belmont last year, where you almost oh, did a, uh, almost like one. a half court falling away shot as, as the <laughs> as the shot clock expired and. We, we talked, we thought that, that that was almost their determination that day defensively. They knew they were probably better than us and that they didn't want you to extend the streak there. And so that's the one that kind of comes to mind for me. Yeah, I forgot about that one. I actually have that in one of my, in my highlights on YouTube. I got that one on there. It was, yeah, honestly, in the way it went in, I was just, I was hoping that that one went in. <laughs> I was hoping because, you know, with good teams, you know, that's defensively sound and just all around good teams like that. Um, it's just like you just never know when you're going to get an open good look. You know, sometimes you just have to take a bad one and just, you know, pray and hope that it goes in, but you're still shooting to make it. You know, you're never just shooting it to just throw it up there and be like, all right, it go in. Maybe it don't feel well. No, you're shooting to try and make the shot. Well, I'll use the baseball analogy. Joe DiMaggio holds the, the Major League Baseball record, hits in 56 consecutive games, which is not 88 for a three-pointer. But, you know, I'm sure there are days where he went, went one for two or one for three or one for four and barely got a base hit to, to keep the streak alive. So that that's kind of what the goal is. So we fast forward to Monday night now and at SIU Edwardsville, I know I'd mentioned this to you last week. I said, if you were to break the record, what do you think your emotion's going to be? And 
your thought, your answer to me was, I'm going to ask for a coach to call a timeout. And I just think I want to sub out of the game and kind of have the, the emotions run over me. Is that kind of where you're at now that you're, you're a step closer or do you have a different thought now that you, that you've at least maybe tied the record? Um, probably so. Um, even a, a lot of people don't know when I go back and I look at the video of me running back, my face was just so straight and so serious. I was trying to keep my tears back even then. No, I didn't tell nobody. Nobody knows that. I was trying to just hold it all in because I know I still had to go out there and play a game. And then after the game, you know, the team picked me up and they was trying to throw water on me. And I was just like, hold on, I only tied it. Like, y'all got to wait till I break it, you know? Like, just wait to um, SIUE, you know? We got to see what happens there. But I'm pretty sure that once I do it, once I break it, I might just have to, you know, just probably just get a sub out and go to the locker room and wipe my face, and then I'll just go back out there. Now, what, now the rest of the season, the, you're going to have the opportunity to, to hopefully break the record here on Monday and continue to add to that before your career's done. But what is, you know, getting a degree, I know that's, a, that's big on your list and your family's list, but what does the future hold for Max Smith? Are you looking hopefully to be able to play basketball professionally after this, or are you more interested in kind of getting the degree and put, putting the ball behind you for a little while? Uh, I don't, I don't want to put the ball behind me. Never. Uh, like I, I want to play as long as I can, you know, I want, I want to play as long as I can. And if I have kids, I want to see, I want them to watch me play, you know, grow up and say, Hey, my daddy was good in basketball, tell stories about me. But even when I do stop, you know, playing, I want to be a part of the game still. So whether if it's coaching, being a professional trainer, just anything, I always want to be dealing with basketball. All right, Mac. Well, I appreciate your time. Once again, congratulations on tying the record. Hopefully there's a congratulations for, for actually breaking it here on next Monday when you guys play at, at SIUE. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you. Ball passed around to Johnson at the right wing. Evansville on a zone after the out-of-bounds. Wallace elbow fired it out left wing. Mack wide open for three. Book it. Mack Smith with his second three-pointer tonight.